Hey guys, today we have another awesome episode of The Burr Show. I'm your co-host, Chad Gallagher, joined with Joel Kraut of Burr Loans. Buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat. Meet the inspiring people using Burr to create wealth and their tactics so you can too. Let's do it. Dan, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How's things going, Chad? Going great. Going great. What's up, Joel? How you doing? So, do you two know each other already? No, I don't think so. Chad, what are you hiding in out there in the Amish country? What's going on there? <laughs> you know, man, I, you you know a whole group of people that I didn't even know existed. I know, I know a lot of people, but you've got it's all sorts of characters, and something tells me we got another one coming up here. <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you? Uh, you know, this is our first time kind of talking, and. Uh, you know, we'll head this out to a, a relatively wide audience who, who probably never met you before. What, maybe give us the background. You know, sure. what's your story? What do you, what do you work on? How, how do you operate? What do you do? So story, like as far as the real estate I'm doing or, or how I got involved in, in real estate in general. Yeah. Let's start with how you got involved in real estate and then what you actually do. Sure. Yeah. So um, I was an accidental uh, investor is what I call it. Like I, I really had no no intentions uh, of investing in real estate. I used to work for SEPTA. Uh, I worked on the regional rail um, side of SEPTA. I was a, a, a union electrician. And um, I was very, very fortunate. I went to Dobbins, which, which is a Voltec school. And I got a job at SEPTA while I was in high school. When I graduated, I, was, I got uh, a full-time job. I was, I was hired there. And so I started out, you know, 17 and I was, you know, I had a, you know, union job. I was making really good money. Um, and then I started, I started a promotional business, which we took from, I used to start off those small parties, um, moved, moved, moved up to doing nightclubs. And then I moved into doing um, like medium stadium size events. So stadiums that fit like 10,000 seaters. We would wow. bring, yeah, we would bring an artist, um, and you know, we would sell tickets. And if you've ever heard of N one, like the basketball yeah. stuff like that, so we were doing, uh, uh, me, 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 and my partners, we were we were doing and uh, one style basketball games, like right when they started, maybe a little like before them. We actually spoke, we actually met up early on, but we we what we did was we got the best what they call street players from Philly and from New York. And we, and we would rent out, uh, we would, we would go to college campuses and rent their stadiums and we would have them play and we would bring in artists and stuff like that. So we were doing, we, we, we had a similar style business. And actually I thought that's how I was going to become rich. I thought that's how I was going to become wealthy. Um, th that didn't happen, but, um, my mom is, she, she is a real estate agent. But she's my mom. And she and I was young. I was early twenties, and I was making money. And she didn't want me to do what you know what a lot of young guys do: waste the money on stuff, women, whatever, right? And so she was like, "Why don't you buy real estate?" I was like, "Not really that interested." But like, you know what? Well, this is mom. I'll make mom happy. I'll go out there and I'll look at some stuff. But I'm you know I'm not going to actually buy anything. And um, as I was looking at properties, I was like, I started to kind of learn about real estate. I was like, oh, this wouldn't be a bad third income stream. I had my job, 
I'd have the business and now I would have, uh, I would, I would have real estate. So that's, so that's what really got me started. Like in that, um, by me looking at, I actually, I actually ended up buying a, uh, a bank owned duplex. So that's, that was like my first investment property. And this was 2008, you said? No, this was 2000. I, I want to say 2004 or five. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you, so you buy a duplex from the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like a decent part of the city, or, or... nope, <laughs> I bought it. Uh, bought it in the hood. Um, so uh, I'm from Southwest Philly. This was uh in West Philly, uh, street called Hunter Street, which is for anybody that knows Philly, like the main street. It was off of off of uh, 59th and Lancaster. It was like the main. Okay. Street. Um. Yeah, it was in my and I had zero. When I say zero strategy, zero whatever, it was just I had cash. The place cost twenty thousand. I had like twenty five grand saved up. I was like, well, this works, so I just bought it. And uh, I had no strategy for the rehab. I had no strategy for being a landlord. So when I tell people like I learned this business the hardest way possible, which ultimately gives me a lot of you know skill sets and 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 you know it allows me to help people because I. I try to teach them. You don't have to learn it the hardest way, like like uh, I did. But also, there wasn't people doing podcasts, and there wasn't there wasn't access to a job, and there was there wasn't you know there was a whole bunch of things that we have now that I didn't have then. So okay, so um, so you buy the duplex? Mm-hmm. Do you fix it up yourself? Yeah. So again, just keep in mind, I had zero when I'm talking about zero strategy, zero understanding of yeah. real estate and how to do rehab but i'm gonna go get it so at, at the time i was i was still working at septa and i was single so i didn't have to worry about the wife kids none of that right so i was what i call at the time i was the overtime king if overtime got to me it 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 was not getting by me so i worked a ton of overtime and i was doing the business so what i did because i spent most of my money to buy the property I would go in there. I would like I hired Jack Lake guys and I would go in there and I would do the work and I would save up money and I would fix it up a little bit. Then I would run out of money and I'd save up some more money and and then I would fix it up. So that process took me about uh, about a year, year and a half. And I finally got it fixed up. Um, I put some tenants in there and I absolutely hated the experience of being a landlord, to be clear. And, and what I tell people, what I understand now, like looking, you know, now that I can look back at it, is that being a landlord is is a skill set. It's a skill set that I didn't have then. So, um, you know, I didn't really know how to manage tenants. I didn't have any sort of infrastructure for it. And so I ended up getting those tenants out. I remember I put the property up on on, on the market on a Monday. I put up for like 87.5 or something. That Friday had two full price offers. And wow. um, so I sold it. I went to closing and I didn't have any mortgage on it or anything. And so I go to close on this thing. Um, and, it, and this is when I was still getting checks. I get this check and I'm like, damn, right? I got this check. That was that was more than I, than I made all year working, right? It's my first time seeing a check like that, right? You know, so it certainly began the wheel spinning about the possibilities of real estate, even though. I didn't really have the proper training. I didn't really understand the strategies, but uh, from the little that I knew or the little 
or just going through the process. I'll say that I made this money. So I'm like, damn, there's actually something here. Right. Uh, so that really, that, it, that was, that was enough of a spark to, to keep me going. That's incredible. So then from there, what, did you just rinse and repeat or what? No, no, not like not even close. It's funny. I just kept stumbling my way through this thing. So actually, uh, again, like I said, I was, I was, I was uh, raised in Southwest. I actually bought my parents home. So, and I still own it to this day, but um, I bought my parents home. I was living there. I bought that place, fixing it up. So I wanted to get out of the house, but it's, it, it, it's, it's not a great neighborhood. It's getting a little bit better now, but it's, it was really bad then. It's like, well, let me get out of here. Uh, I wanted to move out to the county. So um, just happenstance, my my mom had went to go show this property uh, that was listed as a single family, but it actually was a triplex. And it was in East Lansdale, which is in Delaware County, which is right outside. Uh, so she's like, hey, you know, it's this property. It's, um, it's, it's listed as a single family, but it's actually a triplex. So it's probably not getting that much traction with people looking for multifamily. So I went to go look at the property. Uh, it, it, it was a big, it was like, it was a four story property because the basement was actually above grade. If you ever seen one of those, it's like above grade and it had three stories, um, above it. And it was a bi-level apartment on the top floor, which was a three bedroom and one bath. It was a, um, middle, uh, first floor, uh, unit that was large, that was one bedroom, one bath, but it was like humongous. And then it was a unit under, underneath. And uh, so I ended up getting that property for 76.5. And um, I moved into there. I, I did I did a little sweat equity work. Um, and uh, I moved in there. I lived there for like about two, a year or two. I met my wife and I moved out. And the tenant that moved in after me, I, um, they ended up purchasing a property from me for $180,000. Wow. And, you know, again, I'm like, <laughs> I'm making money and I don't know what I'm doing. If I start <laughs> reading some books, I might be dangerous. And so that's when I be, that's when I decided to just become a little more serious um, about it. And so I, I started, um, started doing some flips and then when I turned 30, because because during this whole process, I was still working at SEPTA. So I was still doing, you know, still doing the SEPTA thing. So I said, well, okay. I said, by the time I'm 35, I'm going to quit SEPTA, right? And so I worked that plan and I quit SEPTA three days before my 35th birthday, which was on Christmas, oh, Christmas day of 2014. So it's going to my, this is, I'm coming up on my 10th year, actually. It's just been a full time. Right. That's it. Thank you. You're not going back to SEPTA? <laughs> you don't miss it? No, no. no. So, so one of the interesting things, I, I don't miss the job. I, I, what, what I did miss, and I didn't realize it, is, you know, uh, being a business owner, especially in this space, can be kind of lonely, right? I didn't, I didn't, when I started out, I didn't have an office. I didn't have people working for me. It was just me. And so you, you miss you know, it, it, and then like the railroad is a whole bunch of guys so you're BSing all the time, joking with guys and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So that's what I really miss the most. It took me about, it took me 
two, three months to get used to not getting a paycheck. After that, I never thought about a paycheck again. But yeah, it took about two, three months, you know, because you got paid every week. And I kind of had to get that out of my system almost. It was kind of weird. Um, but once I got comfortable with, with the idea that I wasn't getting paid every single week, then like I was fine. But my the the guy that ran the shop that I was at, because I was like I said, I was there 18 years. So all of the all of the guys who were like higher up management was guys that I started with. I had great relationships with, with all these guys. And so like when I left out, he was like, listen, you know, I don't know if you're gonna want to, but I put, I guess they have some authority to put something into your into your package or whatever. So like, hey, if you ever want to come back, you don't have to go through the whole interview process. Like you can just come on back. Like, well, thank you. I appreciate it, but <laughs> I don't think that's happening. First, a word about our sponsors. Hey guys, this is Chad Gallagher, your co-host here. And when you are in market for your next loan, highly recommend Burr Loans. I actually use them on one of my latest loans. It was actually an interest-only product, which I really love because if interest rates go down in the future, you can refinance the product. This is a great team. Joel and guys really know their stuff. They understand investing and have some awesome products for investors of all types. Check them out. Fur Loans. That's awesome. So, all right, let's fast forward now. So, Joel said that you you don't so much work on like, you say you kind of work on like small to mid-sized multifamily type properties. Uh, you know, we call this the Burr podcast. Are you do you burr these properties, or what? What's kind of your your strategy? And and you know, both. How do you acquire them? How do you find out about them? Do you, you give us an example, maybe? So yeah, so I started off in the residential space, and I was doing the whole burr thing before it had a name. Um, and then I stumbled into commercial real estate. Like I stumbled into a lot of things. I'm not. I mean, I act like a lot of this was like just just great strategy. Some of it is just I. I, I, I feel like I have a good sense of things that kind of make sense. So around 2014, um, I was able to pick up a vacant six unit building in Sharon Hill. And uh, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. I, I just like, well, I had six units. This is better than me buying two or three, right? Just kind of made sense. And um, I, I, I bought it. Um, I'm not just trying to keep it short. I bought it for like 80 grand, fixed it up. Wow. Um, and uh, I don't know. Was it like falling down or, or was it a. Uh, it was, this was right at the tail end. And it might have been even two, might have been earlier than two, it might have been 2013, 14. I have to check the HUD on that one. But it was when we were coming out of all of the, everything from 2010, right? So, so there it still wasn't like a, a there was still. Uh, it was bank owned, so there were still banks were still trying to get rid of bank owned properties, right? So um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't falling down; it was just vacant, and you know I had to do all the wiring and plumbing and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't a full gut by like any means. Uh, so and it was a nice building. Uh, um, I, I, and, I saw it a while back, but it was a nice. Building. And Dan, are you are you doing this work yourself? Like, are you the the contractor on these things? You're actually like. So am I, I'm not physically working in the, at this, at this juncture, right? By the time I got to the six unit building, I'm not physically doing the Okay. Work. I'm the GC. I, okay. you know, I'm hiring all the subs, but no, I'm not, I'm not physically doing the work at this point. But yeah, so, so picked it up, fixed it up, um, got it rented out. And what I, I learned, but again, I didn't realize that 
that a commercial property is evaluated on a totally different principle as, as your one to four units, right? And I was like, oh, this is based off the income. Like I got the appraisal and I was like, oh, wow. So that just kind of opened my eyes to, to how you can create value with buying a commercial real estate. So I did that for the next couple of years. I would buy vacant, you know, five, six unit buildings, right? And that was working fine when we had uh, a glut of bank-owned properties. But, you know, that that whole ride ended. And so I had to figure out, well, okay, where can I find these opportunities um, so I can so I can keep doing it? And so what that transitioned into is, is uh, a strategy that I call the, um, I call the multifamily conversion strategy. So what that looks like is in Philadelphia, I buy properties that have advantageous zoning, which means that that I can convert them into multifamily properties by right, right? Which means I don't have to go through the variance process. I don't have to ask the neighbors. I don't have to go, go in front of the zoning board. It's what the uh, zoning allows for me to do by right. So I would buy buildings that had advantageous zoning and I would convert them into a commercial multifamily property. That gave me even greater returns because what happened was, if you can think about it like this, I'm buying, say for instance, like a deal I did recently, I'm buying a single family property from someone. So best case in their mind, they're selling to me as a single family property, right? And it was in, it was in rough shape. So it needed work. But in my mind, I know that because of the zoning, I'm able to convert it into a five unit building, which I did. So I'm buying uh, a, a single family property that needs work at a discounted price, right? I'm converting it to its highest and best use. And now it's going to be uh, uh, evaluated off, off of the income. So when I, uh, those are, those are the projects that I, that, that, you know, I've, I've been doing for the last probably three, four years up until, you know, the market really shifted, but they were absolutely like phenomenal. So who, who introduced you to that concept? Because I hate to use this term, but in our, like the average person, even in the real estate world, doesn't really think like that, right? They're not seeing that vision, especially a single family being converted to something greater than a four, right? That's a big stretch. I, I was trying to figure out how can I continue buying commercial real estate if there's not a lot of vacant commercial real estate? Right. Right. And I said, well, I said, okay, there's all these large buildings here. How did they become? The, because a lot of these buildings, you could tell at some point they were cut up. Like, well, what, right. what's the process? Like, how does that work? And I started to dig, and that that took me through the zoning. Okay. Let me look at the zoning. Let me see how this, let me see how this works. And I just kind of is as boring as it sounds, I just read through the zoning, right? Understood, okay, certain zoning. And in uh, um, other certain certain um, characteristics that the property has to have, and you're allowed to convert it into a multifamily property, and that works a couple of different ways. It works with me creating the multifamily property, but I've also done it where I bought ex I bought existing commercial real estate, and I've added units because the zoning allows for me to add additional units by right. So you're buying, I, I, I totally get the strategy, but you're buying like a single family home 
are you now adding additional property to this to make it a five unit building or how are you turning it in the single family home into a five unit building or, or more? So I'll just walk you through one that I did. Um, yeah, that'd be great. So, so, so the single family, now this doesn't happen all the, all the time with single family, but I've also bought like small warehouses, churches and stuff like that too. But with the single family property, what I did was this is a single family was on the corner. Um, it was a really long property to start with. Um, so being on a corner was certainly, um, that was crucial for, for what, for what I'm about to explain next. And it had an attached garage as well. So when I'm looking at a property, I'm looking for all the ways that I can efficiently utilize the space. So I turned the garage into a unit. So the building on the side was long and it had a little, um, just like landing that you kind of walked up to. And if you can imagine in the middle of the property had like a bay that went all the way up. Well, where that bay was, that kind of, that was in the middle of the property, I built stairs going up to there, cut, a, cut in a door and that became a hallway that separated the front from the back. So on the first floor, if, if you just can kind of imagine and then it was a uh, you you walk through you if you went through the middle you could you could access the back unit. Then there were steps going up to the front because that was a front door already. All I did was make that the front that that door became the door to the front apartment. Mm -hmm. It had in it it had a, a, a raised foundation. So. Um, now, this part was just kind of just fortunate, but I, I mean, I saw it there. It had a raised foundation with steps going down to the basement already from the front. So that became the commercial space, right? That's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a mixed use. So, so, so that became, and then through that hallway in the middle, you walked up and you got upstairs and that apartment spanned the whole second floor. So it was one unit on the second floor. It was two units on the first floor, uh, uh, a retail space on the bottom floor, and the garage was turned into an apartment as well. And first off, I'm dying to see pictures of this. Uh, I hope you have <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely, yeah, yeah. If we had time, I would show you guys. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful building, so not really nice. Um, but, uh, so, but then you, I guess it's the tricky part, probably adding like a bathroom and kitchen to some of these units. No, it was a, it was a, it's a gut rehab. So it's, um, it's just, it branded plumbing run everywhere. So not, not any trickier than, you know, any other rehab, I guess in my mind, cause I've done it before, but yeah, it's just, if you did a, if you did a full gut rehab and you moved the bathroom somewhere, it's the same thing, except for in this case, obviously I'm putting in five bathrooms and five kitchens and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, and that's, that's where your, you know, your architects and your mechanical engineers, they, you know, that's their work. You know, I'm just there to uh, tell them where it all goes, but they size it up and everything else. So you're, you're sticking really to as of right. And then, you know, CMX. CMX two, CMX three. Right. And threes what, and what, what's that? What's the CMX two? So CMX in zoning in Philadelphia, they use a couple of different acronyms as, as Dan's describing CMX two, RM1s, you know, depending on where you are, 
if you actually take a map out, which the city will give you, you can see where you're allowed to have certain types of properties. So the reason why, so in that that same building that, that they were talking about, I was able to pick that building up. And I this is interesting. I bought that building from another experienced investor. They've done a lot of deals. Like you would probably know their name. And, but they didn't understand zoning. So they couldn't figure out what to do with the property. So they just wanted it off their books. So I think I, I think I, I had to look. I think I bought that building for like 80000 83000 I put, I think I put 300000 into it and appraised for $680,000. So it's, it's, it's a, it's, but it's, but it's a monster. And I was doing those and I'm, I stuck with those because I could create so much equity. I'm just like, it doesn't make sense for me, number one, to do these smaller deals and, you know, eke out a burr, um, you know, and things are tight where I could do this and I could create massive refinance opportunities. Yeah. Uh, which some people agree with, some people don't. But for but for me and my business, um, I'm like I'd rather take the hundred thousand dollars down and wait twenty years in rent to try to, to try to eat that out. Some people are different, but um, so yeah, I mean those 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 opportunities. I see more people doing it now. I, obviously, I was you know I teach this, so I I think that I've exposed a lot of people to those opportunities. A lot of people tend to stick to the duplexes because they're a bit simpler than what I do. But, um, you know, the, but those opportunities are definitely out there. Dan, how many units of these have you done? I mean, I was thinking maybe you've done like 10 or 15. It makes me sound like I feel like you've done a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I've done, I've, I've done a lot. And to be clear, the 44 unit I didn't build. I took a large lot and I took it through the I took it through the approval process and I got a lot approved for 44 units but I sold it as a shovel ready project for somebody wow. else to build off but yeah I mean using this process in the last couple of years over 50 60 units I've I've built doing this just wow. doing doing just this part of the process because you're able to do you know five six units you know at the same time and I'd be doing three four projects simultaneously when things were really rocking and rolling, um, you know, not now. Again, my um, my uh, strategy has changed. You know, if you want to get into that, since rates have gone up a lot, because that that affects the process a lot. Well, we hear and talk about commercial in the background a lot. How do you feel about the market now? Like most other people, I, um, I slowed down. Uh, I still have projects that I haven't even built out yet because it's hard to make the numbers work, right? Um, but what I found is, so I'm no longer um, looking at building, like doing the multifamily conversion model, right? What I found now is that there are investors who, who are in financial trouble who need to get out of deals. And so the deals that I've been buying are investors that are distressed who need to sell quickly and I can buy their properties quickly. Uh, and so now I'm doing more of a value add um, strategy than you know building it out. I'm still doing the burr process. I'm still still buying them at at the um, at the number where I can refinance cash out. I'm doing one next week, which was a five another five unit building. But it was a buyer that needed to get out. This was interesting. I had it under contract February, March, or something like that. 
$250,000 was an out-of-state buyer. The property was, the guy was a slumlord. P people living there wasn't paid. It was, it was horrible. Put in a contract and I was going to, and this is when rates were sub fives. We got on a contract. We we're going to close. He had some title issues. So got out of contract. He had to do a quiet title. So by the time he came back to me, he was like, hey, you know, I fixed the title issues. I'm ready to close. Okay, great. We're in a whole different market now. I can't offer you the 250. What are you thinking? I'm like 175. No, no, I can't do 175. I said, well, listen, most people are not even buying right now, you know, or have the cash to buy. I can close, but the rates are too high right now on the back end. So I, so I can't, I can't invest as much because the only thing that's gone up are the rates. And so that's going to lower the amount that I'm able to able to uh, cash out on the back end, right? To make this deal work. So anyway, we go back and forth. I ended up getting that same building, same building, actually better condition because he had a whole bunch of crap in there. He took out on his own. If that was what it paid for. So I was like, well, that's better. I got it. I bought the building for $200,000 in January of this year. It's a $50,000 discount because the rates went up. I'm looking at where are the opportunities, right? There's obviously there are, there are issues, but where are the opportunities? And I think those are the opportunities. If you can find investors who need to get out of deals, there I'm sure you hear it all the time, Joe. There are Joe, there, there are investors stuck in deals right now that just they can't make work. So Dan, uh, I heard you have a course. Um, I love your strategies. I mean, I know it's based in Philly, but I think these things work in other cities too. Um, if if folks want to hear more about your course or you. Um, what's the best way to kind of reach out to you or get more info on what you have going on? So I'm most active on Instagram. It's Dan, the real estate man, one on Instagram. I lost the password to Dan, the real estate man. So Dan, the real estate man, one, uh, I'm always posting videos and there's links to, uh, all of my, all of my, uh, courses, um, events, everything else. On Facebook, it's Dan, the real estate man. And then there's the website, which is Dan, the real estate man also. And I, I have a course um, that walks people through the multifamily uh, conversion strategy, all, all from analyzing the deals, how to find the deals, um, how, to, how to understand the zoning, how to finance the deals, how to, how to rehab the deals from start to finish and then long-term financing on, on the back end. So it's really a, it's really a handholding through the whole process. I like literally dumped my whole brain. Definitely one of the kind of proudest things that I've done, just like really dumped my whole brain um, into the process. So if anybody's interested in it, the process is, is, is there. That's awesome, buddy. Well, you got a crazy brain. Uh, the, the fact that you learn most of this stuff on your own is is pretty intense and pretty amazing. And um, yeah, really cool hearing how you convert stuff. I actually haven't talked to anyone who does conversions like this before. Uh, Joel, the Berlin master, uh, finds these people. I, have a, I, don't, I don't know where he finds them from, but he, he finds these people in his Rolodex. His Rolodex is bigger than mine. He's been doing this for a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe's been in the game. Yeah, I think Joe, you, you and I first met at, was that at the Nick Tang event? I think so, probably. Yeah, I think, I think first time, yeah, yeah, you, you and I spoke there. I think I started with Nick when he had eight people. Yeah? <laughs> Me, like the Home Depot guy, Nick, and like two or three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Cool, Dan. Well, hey, thanks, thanks so much for joining our podcast, and um, we'll, we'll we'll probably email you with a few questions and maybe some pictures we can get. And uh, yeah, I know our folks are gonna really love this, and I look forward to to talking to you more in the future. All right. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Really do. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Real Estate Hackers Show. If you've not yet become a member of Real Estate Hackers, you can do that for free at realestatehackers.com. Get access to all the amazing real estate hacker deals from incredible vendors on a ton of content and materials for you, the investor. You can follow Real Estate Hackers on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. If you can give us a five-star review for the podcast, I would personally really appreciate it. We read every review and thank you so much for helping us grow this community for you, the real estate investor.